0: And uh, to me, the biggest memory it brought up was being a teenager. My parents had a a couple acres, and we would always have to mow grass, and that was kind of our task of mowing grass. And when it was this time of year, and it was always just hot, you know, you just sweat just walking outside. And my parents had a swimming pool when I was growing up, and so there was nothing like mowing the grass and then going and jumping in the swimming pool. And I remember I used to jump in there and just float. You know what I mean? Just like, you just let your body just f- float and all the, the heat. And uh, I know you're supposed to take a shower before you swim, but don't tell my mom I didn't do that. I just went and got in. But uh, anyway, before we get started, another thing. I want to give a big shout out to all of the amazing 25 people that helped yesterday at the work day here at the Boys and Girls Club. Can you raise your hand <laughs> loud and proud if you were one of them? All right, they're all being very bashful, not raising their hand, but uh, we got a lot of things done. Um, there's, there, hopefully it's like clean in here to a point where you've never seen clean. There were people getting dirt off of things. We didn't even know it was that color once we started scrubbing it. And uh, uh, me and Chris White repainted the bumpers on the school bus the school buses out there, so I know when you walked in, that was like the first thing that caught your eye was the bumpers in the school buses. So he and I took care of that and made him look so nice. But uh, a lot of amazing people. Michael Davis did a great job of setting it all up, and so we got a whole lot done. And so I just want to thank everyone for taking time out to uh, come and do that. So let me pray, and then we'll jump into our message this morning. Uh, God, we thank you for your word, uh, which not only gives us wisdom and teaches us, but we believe supernaturally that it's inspired the inspired Word of God, and it has the power to transform us, and you use it to teach us and show us, to help us to be more like your Son, Jesus. And so I pray that that happens this morning, uh, that I would just be the messenger, and uh, Father, through this, this story, that uh, we would all find things that we can learn and learn from um, to, to better reflect you in this world. And that's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. I think one of the great things in life is getting a second chance. So if you've ever got a second chance, you know what that feels like. Maybe it was a teacher that gave you a second chance. You forgot an assignment or bombed a test. Or maybe you forgot to pay the bill or you bounced a check and you called the bank and they, you know, took away the $39 late fee or maybe it was a coach in your life, or maybe it was, maybe it was someone in a relationship where, you know, you kind of made a mistake and someone gave you a second chance, but everyone likes second chances, don't they? I mean, that feeling of when you know that someone is giving you a second chance, they're letting you off the hook, is such an amazing feeling. This past year, unless your head was buried in the sand, uh, you, you saw this guy on the TV screens and in magazines. His name is Ted Williams, right? You remember that, the guy with the golden radio voice? That a guy who was a television producer in Columbus, Ohio, found him on an exit ramp off of an interstate, and he had this amazing voice. And, and so instantly, he kind of became this... this uh, Star that just appeared everywhere, but he was given a second chance. He made a lot of mistakes in his life. He was given a second chance to, to use his voice and to do something good, and, and we all love those stories. I mean, I think we grabbed onto those stories because we love that. We love that when we hear someone that, that, that hasn't had things going their way, and all of a sudden, they're given this this second chance, this new lease on life. Now, I talk about second chances because today we're going to look at a story of a guy in the Bible who was giving a second chance. And last week we started this little two week series on Jonah. And if you remember last week, if you were here, we we learned that Jonah got an assignment from God to go to the city of Nineveh, and he didn't really like that assignment, didn't want to do that assignment. So he ran in the opposite direction, as far as he could run. Just got on a boat and was like, God, I don't don't want to do this. La, 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 la. I will just run the other way as far as I can, and maybe God will just like not be able to find me or forget about me. And, And then we saw in the story that that's not what really happened, right? But the thing that Jonah learned, and that we all can learned from is that you can run from God, but you can never outrun God, right? That's what Jonah tried to do, but, but God, was, God was there. Even when he tried to run as far as he thought he could run, he couldn't outrun God. And we learned that there were three things that were always true of, of us when we run. The first of all is that when we run, we always think we're smarter than God, that somehow, you know, God doesn't know what he's doing, and we do know what we're doing, so we, we're smarter than him. The second thing that we do when we run from God is that we do it because we want to be in control. We want things to work our way, our timeline, uh, and like maybe God won't do it the right way, so we're in control when we run from God. And the third thing we do when we run from God is we think we found this grace loophole. You know, the thing that says, basically I can go ahead and do what I want to do, even though I know it's not right, because God's promised to forgive me and then I'll just ask for forgiveness later. And we, we think like we're the only ones that have ever thought that. We've figured out this loophole that we've somehow defeated God because he left this loophole that we've found and discovered. So when we run from God, we do, we do all those things. So last week when we left, Jonah got on the boat, the boat went out, uh, horrible storm, they were trying to figure out what happened, Jonah finally fesses up and says, you know, it's because of me, and uh, the guys on the boat took Jonah and they threw him out into the ocean and then the storm calmed. And that was kind of where we left things last week. The storm was calm. So we're going to pick up at the very end of Jonah chapter 1. So if you want to follow along on your Bible or your iPhone or your Android or your iPad or whatever, if you use old-fashioned paper Bible still, uh, you can follow along in that too. Or we'll have verses up on the screen. But we're going to look at the last verse in chapter 1, verse 17, because here's what we find out. After Jonah's in, in, in the water... But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now, let's stop there for a second. We don't know what kind of fish it was. Uh, Maybe your preschool teacher told you it was a whale. May have been a whale, because whales are big, right? But we don't really know what kind of fish it was. I mean, it could have been a ginormous goldfish. Uh, We don't know. Could have been a huge guppy. Or what I like to think of is, when I was a little kid, we used to have those transparent fish. Did anybody ever have the little transparent fish where you can see the little insides and you can see a skeleton? You kind of see right through them. I thought if I was God, I would have made it a gigantic transparent fish, okay? So, like, two guys are in a boat and, the, you know, the big transparent fish jumps out of the air. And they're like, dude, I think there was a guy in that fish. They're like, you've been drink, drinking too much Pap's Blue Ribbon or something. But, but anyway, I would have made it a transparent fish. But we don't really know. But God sent a fish. But here's the thing. It wasn't just circumstance. Okay, in this story we see God sent the fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah just wasn't unlucky. He wasn't in the wrong place at the wrong time. God sent the fish to swallow Jonah. So the second part of verse 17 we read, And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. Okay, this is not the Ritz Carlton, okay, living inside a fish. All right, and you've been in some bad hotels before in your life, but this is like worse than a bad hotel, okay? This is really, really bad. I mean, you can't complain that your sheets are dirty or, you know, you found a cockroach in the shower. You, there, there's no, there's no, help desk. You know, you, this is just living inside of a gigantic fish for three days. So that's what Jonah did. But he learned an incredible lesson in that time. And, and an incredible lesson that not only he learned, but will be good for us. So Jonah has three days of digestive downtime. You know, nothing to do, no internet access, no wi-fi, can't watch Sports Center. He's just has time to think. And here's what he learns, this lesson from God. He learns that God uses circumstances not to pay us back, but to bring us back. God uses circumstances. He did it for Jonah. He does it for us to bring us back, not to pay us back. So while Jonah's inside the fish, he decides to pray. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. I bet he did. I mean, I mean, isn't that what we do when we're like stuck? I mean, when we're in situations where we're like, "Oh no, I don't know what to do," or you know, I I panic. We we pray. I mean, we should pray all the time, but when we're in situations like that, we know, like you know, we're we're praying. God, me and you, we're good friends, right? We're on we're on the same page. I need help here. So Jonah prays, and then in the rest of the chapter. We're going to look at different attitudes that God has about those who run from him. So let's go, first of all, in in chapter 2, verse 2. The first thing we learn is that God doesn't turn his back on runners. He does not turn his back on runners. Look at verse 2. In my distress, I called to the Lord. This is Jonah talking. And he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help. And he listened to my cry. So Jonah realized, you know what, even though I've run from God, even though I've tried to get away from God, God doesn't turn his back on the person who runs, which is a good thing to know. And so he prays this prayer. And I think this is this real earthy, from your gut, cry out for mercy kind of prayer. It's not like one of the prayers that you memorized when you were a child. It's not, now I lay me down to sleep, or God is great, God is good kind of prayer. This is I'm in like bad shape here, God. And I, I'm crying out to you and I need you to hear me. So with everything he has, Jonah is praying. And you know what? The thing is, God does not turn his back on those who run. You and I are not always like that. You know, as a pastor, it's an interesting thing. Sometimes you get asked to do things or you get asked to help people. And sometimes if you're really honest with them, you find out that they really don't want to hear what you have to say. Uh, I found that being a pastor, especially with marriages and weddings. Sometimes I've had people come to me and they want to get married and you know they're excited about the wedding and there's the dress and they've got the reception and they've got the place. And you start talking to this bride and groom and I find out, there's like a lot of issues here, like the unresolved issues. And you try to help them work through the issues. And I've gotten to the point where I, I, I've told a couple, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that you guys should go on with this. like, Or let's delay it. Or, you know, I'm like, delay it? We've got the room reserved, and, you know, we've got this reserved, and we've got this, and you know how much money it's going to cost if we delay it? I'm like, I'm just being honest with you. So being a pastor for 20 years, that's happened a couple of times, and then like a year later after they didn't listen to me and they had a wedding and they have some marital problems, and, you know, it comes up that there's some incompatibility and they're struggling with some issues that are unresolved, you know what my first instinct is? You know what I really think? You know what deep down inside I'm saying? I'm thinking, I told you so. Because that's your human nature, right? I want to say, like, I, I told you. I told you not to do that. I, I, I told you. And, like, maybe I'm revealing too much to you as a pastor, but that's the way I think. I'm like, I told you. I could have told you that, Right? Well, God could have said the same thing. Couldn't he To Jonah? Jonah could have told you. You know, you shouldn't get on a boat. Shouldn't run the other way. Should have listened to what I said. Could have told you. But, but God doesn't give up on us when we do that, when we make stupid mistakes. God's still there. And so Jonah found that out. This beautiful thing. God is not like you and I. God doesn't say, I told you so. God was there and didn't give up on Jonah. And in your distress, it's amazing to know as runners, we can always turn back to God, and God will listen to the prayer of the runner. So God heard Jonah's prayer, God listened to Jonah's prayer, and God cared about Jonah's prayer. The second attitude that we see in, the, in this passage about God is that God allows things to happen to get our attention. He allows things to happen to get our attention. So even when we run from God, there are still consequences. I mean, that's just kind of, we understand that in nature. You do this and this and this, and then this is what happens. So God doesn't always take those consequences away, but God allows things to happen to get our attention. If you look back in chapter 2, verse 3, Jonah says to God, you hurled me into the deep that God hurled him he understood god you hurled me into the deep but the circumstances that you hate and the circumstances that Jonah hates many times are from a loving father even though we hate them they're there to get our attention and here's what you discover when you turn back when you quit running and here's what Jonah discovered that that it was god it was god all along th- that the reason that you ended up where you ended up was because god was there because he cared enough to not pay you back, but to bring you back. I once had a person tell me that um, that going to jail was the best thing that ever happened to them. A- and they said, you know what? I don't think I would be alive today if I didn't go to jail, and I wouldn't be following God like I am today if I hadn't gone to jail. Now, Now, maybe we can see that, but when you're in the midst of that, it doesn't quite seem that way, does it? It doesn't quite seem that God may be using something to kind of get your attention, but when you hear somebody who has a story like that and they tell you, that they can finally, they're far enough beyond it, they can look back and they can see God's hand in that, that God allows things to happen at times in our lives to get our attention. And when I was a kid, I never understood when my dad would always tell me, this is gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt you. Did your dad ever tell you that? And I'm like, so why are you holding the paddle and why am I bent over the bed? It's not really adding up right now. But, you know, once I was a father, I kind of understood that a little more. Once I was a father, I understood that there were things that for my kids I, that, that I did I wanted to protect them from or they had experiences and, and I couldn't necessarily keep them from that experience, but I was hoping that they would learn from that experience and it would, it would get their attention. And Jonah experienced firsthand how God got his attention through circumstances that he experienced. And it was all because God is a forgiving God that never wants to see any of his children go far from him. Number three, the third attitude we see in this passage is God's discipline is designed to help us, not to hurt us. Whatever we experience, it's never designed to hurt us. It's always designed to help us. Look at verse four in Jonah 2. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I love that picture. That was great. He has seaweed wrapped around his head. Verse six, to the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me for, in forever, but you brought me life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, your holy temple. That's critical in those verses that what I want you to see is motive, okay? Motive. God's motive. And all that happened to Jonah, motive is everything. Because there were consequences to his disobedience, but the consequences weren't there because God didn't care about him. The consequences were there because God deeply cared about Jonah. And when we run from God, there may be consequences, and those consequences aren't to punish us. Those consequences are there to bring us back. And so God's motive, the whole time, was never to punish Jonah or to hurt Jonah or, or or to make Jonah far from him or make sure Jonah never did it again. The consequences were there so that Jonah would come back to God. Now, maybe um, if if you've ever been a teacher or you've ever coached kids, maybe you've seen that that sometimes when we when we get someone. Like criticizing us or telling us a different way, sometimes we don't always accept that very well, do we? I mean, I, I don't always. When people tell you, well, you should have done it like that, or when I was a coach, a coach pull you out of the game and go, you made a mistake. It, we don't always understand that. But just in the same way that you have to look in, in there, you have to look at motive. My son Keaton that plays basketball, sometimes he gets frustrated. You have coaches that, that pull you out of the game or they criticize you or, or, they're, or they're, they're critiquing you. But I've told him over and over again, you have to be worried when the coach doesn't critique you. Okay, that's when you need to be worried. You have to understand that the coach wants what's best for you and the only reason that they would give you critique is because they see potential in you that you can possibly do better. That's the motive, you have to remember the motive. So in this story, we see that God's motive in all of this that happened to Jonah wasn't to hurt Jonah. In fact, it was to help Jonah. And if you look through the Bible and if you've read through the Bible, there are a lot of examples of God doing that. I mean, if you think of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, remember they were banished from the Garden of Eden because of their mistake, because of their sin. They were were disciplined. The Garden of Eden was never the same. When you think of Zechariah in the New Testament, his wife became pregnant with John the Baptist. And remember, he thought it was so funny that, that he would be so old and that his wife would be having a baby and that he couldn't believe it. And how could God be doing that? Then he couldn't talk for the whole pregnancy. Now, some wives would think maybe that's a good thing, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe if my husband couldn't talk, maybe that would be a blessing. But Zechariah couldn't speak until after the baby was born. And then I always think of Peter who uh, promised Jesus that he wouldn't deny him. And, and then after Jesus was arrested, he, he did it three times and felt tremendous guilt because of, he went back on his word. But, but there's example after example in the Bible of, of there being times when um, people experienced circumstances or consequences to, to what they did. But in, through all that, the purpose was that God would help them. Now, all of us in here probably have uh, scars or some scars or scars that we could tell a story about. Is that that probably everyone? I mean, I got a scar underneath my chin. I could tell you that. I was five years old. I climbed up on the cabinets, fell off, busted my chin open. I've got a scar in my hand. When I was in art class, we were doing linoleum carving, and you're supposed to keep your hand behind the linoleum knife, not in front of it. And I stabbed my hand because I didn't listen. Uh, I've got a scar on my shin where I was in a swimming pool, and Pam and I were on our honeymoon, and I cut it open and like filleted my uh, leg open. But all of you probably have scars, and with every scar, there's what? There's a story, right? You don't go, oh, I don't know how that got there. You know, look like, looks like you had about 40 stitches. Wow, where did that come from? I have no idea how that got there. That's not how it works, is it? Every scar you have, you have a story. And sometimes, if we think of it in spiritual sense, there are times in our lives when we're scarred because of things that we've done because of consequences, because of mistakes, because of running from God. But in those scars, there's always a memory. There's always a story. Because God doesn't allow those things to happen because he's paying us back. He allows, us, allows them to happen because he wants us back. Okay, the fourth attitude that, from God that we see in the story is that God allows runners to forfeit his blessing. That when we run from God, that he allows people to, to really run outside of his will and run outside of his blessing. And it happened to Jonah, verse 8. He said, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Jonah's saying, you know what? W- when I ran, God, I really forfeited your grace. I was really running from you. I was running outside of your will. And I was, I was making a choice to run far, far from you. That word grace that, that we see there is the Hebrew word hesed. It, re- it refers to God's unconditional love, like a, like a promise, a covenant. That, that That's the kind of grace that God is giving. And so by running, Jonah turned his back on that kind of grace. God's, um, God's unconditional love, Jonah turned his back on it. And you know what? W- when we run from God, we can do the very same thing. We can run and chase, as this verse said, chase an idol. We can chase a relationship. We can chase some kind of status. We can chase uh, something that God wants us to do or something that God doesn't want us to do. And whatever that is, whatever we're running from, it becomes this idol, this thing that we live for. And, and we're running outside of the God's grace and His will. And we're really, we're, we're forfeiting it. That's what we're doing. We're just giving it away, something that valuable verse 9, goes on to say, but I, with the song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good, and salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation is only found in the Lord. So Jonah's basically saying, you know, what was I thinking when I ran from you, God? That, That really the very thing that I wanted was right there, and I ran from it. And we can probably all look at times in our lives when we've ran when we've not listened to God and wanted to do our own thing, and, and the very thing that we're after, the very thing that we truly want, we're running away from in the opposite direction. My wife Pam and I have some good friends that uh, he works at a church up in Noblesville. And they have a little boy who was born with Down syndrome. And he is eight years old, nine years old now, Pam. 10. He's 10. Okay, a few years got away from me. But uh, we knew them when he was really young, and uh, one of the things that they learned w- with having a little boy with Down syndrome is he would just run in the opposite direction, literally run. They had the, the the house, they had to keep it bolted, all the doors shut in the backyard. They had a fence around it. And literally, if he got out, he would run the opposite direction as fast as he could, just laughing his head off hysterically, just running. He had no idea where he was going. He had no idea what he was going to do when he got there. He really didn't think about that. He would just run. And so they were constantly having to really, like, hold on to him because one minute out of your sight and he would just be running, you know, run across the street, run out in traffic, run. It didn't matter. He would always run. And when I think of that story and I think of him, I think, you know, so many times in our lives, in my life, I look and uh, that's kind of what we do when we run from God. We don't always know where we're going or we think we know where we're going but where we end up. We don't really know. We just run. We're not running to protection. We're not running to a better place. We're not running to provision. We're just running because we think, oh, surely it's better over there if I just run. Look, you you know, this looks so much better and, and we just run. But through all of that, when we do that, God allows us to forfeit and be outside of his blessing, that we're not in a better place. We find ourselves in a worse place, and that's where Jonah found his. Fifth attitude we see in this passage, though, is maybe the one that brings us the most hope, and that is that God is a God of second chances. Um, if you didn't read the end of the story, you'd think maybe that it's over, that maybe Jonah got swallowed up in this belly of this whale, and he just stayed there or came out the other end. I mean, that would kind of be a, that's not real good to think about, but uh, let's look at verse 10 here. Jonah chapter 2, verse 10, but this is what it said. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, I would have liked to have seen that. I mean, can you imagine if you're fishing that day, and you and your buddy are fishing, you're just sitting in a boat, and you look over, and there's like, Leroy, I think there's a big fish that just came over there and spit a guy out of his mouth. I mean, would that have been awesome to see? But, so Jonah, you know, I, I, think, I think of the movie um, Beetlejuice when I think of what Jonah would have looked like. I think we have a picture of that Michael Keaton. I'm thinking that's what he looked like when he came out, okay? Uh, uh, scientists tell us that, like, the acid inside of the stomach would have, like, bleached his hair. And, and, and so... If you can imagine, after three days, like, he comes back looking like that, which is not in good shape, right? He's not in good shape at all. But let's look at verse 1 of chapter 3 now. This is what happens. So after he's on, on the beach, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Because God is a God of second chances. And God said the same thing as he did the first time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And because Jonah serves the God of second chances, Jonah went to Nineveh the second time. He, uh, he somehow took his mistake and all that he had made, and, and uh, he, he went and did what God said. And you know what we learn from this verse is that running doesn't disqualify you, because God is a God of second chances. Matt was talking about that earlier. I mean, if God wasn't a God of second chances, we would all be screwed, right? I mean, uh, you, the beautiful thing that I love about this church, the thing that, one of the things that drew Pam and I here from the very beginning was that it was, Exodus was a church for people that needed second chances. And you know, I will fight to the end to always be a part of a church where it's a church of, of people that get second chances. Because we all need that. I mean, I'm a pastor. I need second chances. Matt needs second chances. We have a room full of people that needs to be second chance, have second chances. And I don't want to go to a church where people pretend like they don't need second chances. I'm like, come on. I mean, who are you trying to fool? Everyone needs second chances. All of us have run from God. All of us have made mistakes. All of us either have needed second chances, will need second chances, or are needing second chances right now. And Jonah found that out, that that God was a God of second chances. And he learned that God used circumstances, that when he ran, not to pay him back, but but to bring him back. Because the motive was that he would be back in a relationship with God, back in a safe place. When I was a kid, uh, we had this incredible um, electronic device. It was wireless, kind of before wireless was really cool. It was called an Etch-A-Sketch. Some of you remember that, yeah, it was kind of back when I was eight was high tech it was but uh, if you had one of these, you remember that you could draw pictures not really well, I mean, you could kind of go up and down and left and right, but kind of going around a corner was pretty tough. But, you know, I would work on it and sit in the car, because we didn't have Game Boys or iPods or anything, and work on the masterpiece. And then my brother would, like, take it and screw my masterpiece up, you know, write stuff on it. And I always remember, I'd get so mad when he did that. But the beautiful thing about an Etch-A-Sketch, and if you're way too young to even know how they work, I'll explain it to you. They have sand in them, and when you take it and you flip it upside down and you shake it, and you turn it over, it's all gone. Everything that you had written is gone, and all my brother's stupid things that he put on it were all gone. And the mistakes that I made when I tried to make a circle, and I couldn't really make a circle very well, were all gone. And, and, and God is very similar like that in the story of Jonah, that for those runners who stop running, and those who come back, and those that say, you know what, I'm I'm tired of this because it's taking me nowhere. It's taking me to places where I don't want to be. It's putting me in relationships that are not helpful for for me. When I finally stop and turn back, God can take our lives and go, and we turn it over. And he's a God of second chances. That's a beautiful thing. The last thing we see, though, in this passage is that God's plan is where peace, God's plan is where you find peace and fulfillment. The last verse we're going to look at, verse 3 of chapter 3. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord, and he went to Nineveh. You see in this story, we see that God didn't want something from Jonah. He wanted something for Jonah. And and when we run from God, the very same thing is true for us. It's not bringing us back that God wants something from us. We tend to think that way, but it 's what God wants for us. He wants us to be in a relationship with him that 's the way we were designed. He wants us to be a- around other people who could help us and build us up and When we run from God, we are running from that very thing and that 's what Jonah found out now, having four kids, uh, we try to have chores around our house, and if you 're a parent you 've had kids, you realize that sometimes getting the kids to do the chores is much harder than doing the chores yourself. I don't know, is anybody? Can I get an amen out there from anybody? Okay, yes. And I've also learned that sometimes my kids will spend 10 times as much energy and work trying to get out of the chores or talk about how the chores are unfair than just doing the chore. So like 30 minutes into this, I'm like, why didn't, why didn't you just empty the dishwasher? Because you could have had it done in five minutes. And here, 30 minutes later, we're still talking about why it's unfair to empty the dishwasher, which I don't understand. But when it comes to uh, our lives and, and God, it would be a lot easier if we would just understand that, that, Where we find fulfillment, where we find peace, where we find hope, where we find our sweet spot is when we don't run from God, but we turn around and embrace and run back to God. I want to leave you with three questions. Three questions that only you know the answer to. Things for you to consider. First, is there something that God is asking me that I am running from? You're the only one that knows the answer to that, or maybe somebody else does, but it's for you to answer. Is there something that God is asking for you that you're running away from? Something he wants you to do, something he doesn't want you to do. Somewhere he wants you to go, somewhere he doesn't want you to go. Something he wants you to start doing, something he wants you to stop doing. What is it for you? Are you running from something that God wants you to do? Second question to consider, am I experiencing a loss of peace or joy or consequences because I am unwilling to listen to God? So maybe you're at this point where there are things going on. You're like, you you know, is, is there things happening? Are God a lot... Is God allowing me to experience consequences because I'm just running? I'm just too stubborn. I just won't turn around. I won't listen to God. I'm too prideful. I won't do it. And are there consequences that you're experiencing or a lack of peace or joy because of that? And the last question, why would you forfeit the blessing of God and keep running? I mean, why would you do that? Do you think if you just... Like you're hard-headed enough that, you know, you'll, you'll just wear God out, maybe, like, oh, he'll just leave me alone, or he won't, he won't come after me, or, or maybe, you know what, maybe I've run so far, and I've done so many things, and maybe you're thinking, Dan, if you knew what I've done, then, like, it's just, it's just, it's just too bad, I, I, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to come back, but that's not true, because God is a God of second chances, Over and over, he's a God of second chances because God doesn't want to pay you back. God wants to bring you back. Let's pray together. God, I pray um, that each of us here would find something in the story of Jonah today that you would uh, just burn into our hearts. You would take each of our own situations and you would customize what it is that we need to hear and what it is that we need to see and what it is that we need to know and what it is that we need to learn from, from this story. And God, thank you for being a God who doesn't give up on runners like us. And thank you for allowing us to be a part of a church where we try to embrace people who, who have run. And uh, Father, um, we all need second chances. Every one of us needs second chances. May we take that second chance though May we embrace it. May we live in it. May we dwell in it. May we allow you to do things in our lives so so that we can ultimately live in this place where you want us to not only have eternal life, but you want us to have a better life. Uh, Father, help us to, to embrace that today. Father, that is our prayer, that we would all learn from the story of Jonah and that we would all stop running and that we would all come home to you. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.